Welcome to all of you at all of our churches today. Hey, we're so glad to have you join us for our third part of our conversation, The Problem With Me. And it is a conversation that I'm absolutely convinced is going to help you imagine life and experience life without all that frustration of constantly failing to be who you believe that God has created you to be. Now, since today is Mother's Day, I especially want to welcome all of our moms. I want to thank you for the difference that you have made in our lives. So here's the thing, all of our churches, can we celebrate all the moms who have made such a great difference in our lives at all of our churches this morning? Can we just go ahead and do that right now? Thank you, ladies, for what you've done. We absolutely appreciate what you've done. I'll never forget the time that my mom looked at me, the last time she gave me a spanking, a whipping. It wasn't a spanking, it was a whooping. Um, <clears throat> and I was just like being so, like there was a real problem with me. And, uh, but as she was giving it to me and I was determined I wasn't gonna cry, I wasn't about to cry, there's no way I was gonna cry. And I was just giving her such a hard time even while she was trying to whoop me. And uh, she finally, with tears in her eyes, she looked at me and she said, son, I hope you don't go to hell and I hope you don't go to prison, but there is nothing else I can do for you. <laughs> and then she said, I thought, I, I won, I've won. I, I, I beat my mom. And then she said the words that just struck terror in my heart from that day forward. She said, I will never whip you again. From now on, your dad will give you all of your whippings. <laughs> And now when I take my belt off at night, I have to do it really, really slow. Otherwise I cringe again, because I hear those belt, you know, it's just like, no. <laughs> hey, if it's your first time with us, uh, thank you for joining us today. Um, and I realize that this conversation, since we're in our third week, it may feel like you're kind of jumping into the middle of a movie with us, but I, I think this conversation is so important for all of us that um, I would encourage you, if you've missed any of this first two weeks, to go back and watch it on our app or our website, because I really think it is that important for all of us, because all of us, there's a problem with me. It wasn't just my mom and me, it's all of us, we have this problem. So to kind of get us started today in this conversation, let me remind you of something that you already know, but it's one of those things that's easy to forget at times, and so um, a reminder never hurts, and that is this, and that is it's impossible to solve a problem if you don't know what is causing the problem. Now, we've brought that up each week, and including this week, because many of us, we have been trying to solve the problem of me for quite a while. Most of you understand that. You know that. It wasn't just a problem when you were growing up and your mom was trying to discipline you or your dad was trying to discipline you. And here's the thing that I know about each one of you. On occasions, you have been inspired to live better than what you have been living. I mean, maybe there was a conversation that you had with a friend or somebody that at work and you thought to yourself, man, I got to be more like that person. I need to be more like them. Or maybe after going to church and, and hearing a sermon or maybe you heard a podcast at some time, you thought, man, I need to do that. And you thought, no, I'm just not going to need to do that. I'm going to do that. I really am going to start doing that. And then you're really good at applying that for about a week. And then you find yourself doing what you've always done because implementing that change in your life or that discipline in your life, it was just too hard. Now, here's the thing also know, for those of you that are with us today and you aren't Christ followers or you don't take following Jesus very seriously, I don't know what you do when you have that moment where you really know that you have blown it again. And you wonder, what is wrong with me? 
But I can tell you what the Christians usually do, and that is this. We keep doing, or whenever we keep doing the things that we say that we're not going to do, or we don't do the things that we know that we should do, we, we think something like this. And this is kind of how it goes. If you're, you know, if you're a Christian, this is kind of how it goes. You go, man, I blew it again. And you go, oh, well, tonight before I go to bed, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, please forgive me for not doing the stuff that I know I should have done to do, or should have done today, but I didn't do it, so please forgive me. You know, in Jesus' name, amen. And you know what we assume? That's what most Christians assume. We assume that God is up there and he's got our sin bucket in his hand, and then when we pray, God forgive me, he just kind of dumps out that sin bucket, you know, on the discarded sin pile. And the next day, we can just get up, and guess what we do? We go fill up our sin bucket again. And then that night, guess what we do? We ask God to forgive us of all our sin again. And he dumps it out again. So every day God's holding this sin gut. So we rinse and we repeat until we finally die and go to heaven and we don't sin anymore, right? That's kind of how most people live who call themselves followers of Jesus. But the apostle Paul, he comes along and this is the man who wrote most of the New Testament. And he said, no, 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 no. That's not the way it's supposed to work at all. Yes, God forgives, but you don't have to be stuck repeating the same sins over and over again, the same mistakes and the same regrets over and over again until you die. What he comes along and says is following Jesus isn't about doing the best that you can or kind of living, feeling like that you're disappointing God every day until you finally die and go to heaven. And some of you feel that way. Oh, every day I know I disappoint God. No, the apostle Paul comes along and he says, no, following Jesus is so much better than that. In fact, following Jesus, he says, will make your life better and make you so much better life. In fact, in a letter the Apostle Paul wrote to some Christ followers in Rome, he talks about the significance of Christ's death and Christ's death resurrection as it relates to our sin struggle. In fact, here's kind of a summary. I'm going to give you two statements that are kind of a summary of what the Apostle Paul taught in all of his writings, especially in this passage that we're going to look at in Romans today. Here, here's the first statement. Sin doesn't control where you go when you die. Now, here's the thing. If you're a follower of Jesus, you most likely understand the statement, statement, sin doesn't control where you go when you die. That's the part of the gospel that most of us hear all the time. The, the part of the gospel that says, in spite of our sin, when we accept Jesus as our Savior, we can be forgiven because of Jesus' death and resurrection for us, right? You've heard that part. You're familiar with this part of the gospel. Jesus died for us. Jesus forgave our sins. Jesus paid for our sins. And for some people, this is all there is to the gospel. This is far as far as it goes. But there is so much more, and it's just as important. The part that may be new to you, and the part that really takes the significance of Jesus' impact or Jesus' death and his resurrection of how it impacts our life, it really is found in this second statement. And here's the second statement. Sin doesn't have to control what you do while you live. And see, most of us, we, we get the first part, but we don't get this second part. 
Sin doesn't have to control what you do while you live. See, once you begin to follow Jesus, as we've learned for the past few weeks, Jesus, he gives you a new nature. You are transferred, as we've said for the past few weeks, you're transferred from Adam's line to Christ's line. This is how we have illustrated. We were born in Adam's line. We were born under guilt, shame, and sin because Adam's sin, he then passed on the sin nature to every person all the way down to you. But then when I received Jesus Christ as my my Savior. I believe that Jesus died and rose again to pay the price of my sin. I trust in him. I am transferred from Adam's line, which leads to death, to Christ's line, which means this. I have a new past. The cross is my past. Grace is now what covers my past of what I did over here. And every time God looks at me, he doesn't see all the things I did in my past. No, he sees the cross. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ that covers and sheds. It was shed and covers all of my sin. So I have a new past. I have a new present. It's not the same reality that I used to live in. I have a new future, a future of eternal life. That's not just a span of life. That's a quality of life here and now. Not the kind of life I was experiencing in Adam's line, which ultimately lead in physical death, but we experienced all kind of death. Because anytime there's sin, death follows relationally, financially. There's always death that follows whenever there's sin. And not only that, I, I have a new identity. I'm a new person. And I have a new power because now I'm in Christ. And Christ's spirit, his Holy Spirit comes and dwells me. So there's this new strength that's available. So you are in Christ and Christ is in you. You're not the person that you used to be. So once you place your faith in Christ, you become this brand new you, a brand new person in Christ. So here's the question. If you're not the person that you used to be, why would you continue to live the way that you used to live? Now, before we answer that, as we learned last week, when you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and you begin following Jesus, we learned that sin is not your master anymore. Sin is, was your master in Adam's line, but now that you've been uh, transferred to Christ's line, grace through Jesus, Jesus is your leader and he gives you grace. So sin is not your master anymore because Jesus freed you from the penalty and the power of sin. So we have to learn how to live free. You don't have to keep doing what you used to do and, and not doing what you don't want to do or being able to do what you really want to do. God has put his spirit, he's put his nature in you so that at this point in time, you can choose. Now, some of you are sitting there and you're going, well, that's really nice to hear. But if all of this is true, what do I do with that? I mean, after all, some of you are sitting there thinking, I applied what we learned last week, and I spent the whole past week reminding myself of this, that sin is not my master. But you know what? It didn't keep me from losing my temper and blowing up at that person. It didn't keep me from just flipping somebody off at the four-way stop. It didn't keep me from... Speeding, not just 5, 10, 15, maybe 20 miles. Or, you know, it didn't keep me from eating that extra piece of cake, or it didn't keep me from lying to my boss or my school teacher or my classmates. But here's what I do know you figured out from last week. You, you figured out from last week, letting sin rule your body, it took no effort at all, right? It took no initiative on your part. And you were saying all week long, sin is not my master, but yet it's like, 
sin felt like it was still in control. So you're sitting there today going, so if I'm not the person that I used to be, why do I continue to struggle with the life that I used to live? How do I live so that I'm not controlled by this sin anymore? I need more than just a statement that sin is not my master. So what does it look like to live without sin as our master, without sin being the master over my mouth or my eyes or my mind or my attitude or my insecurities or my appetite for stuff? Because most of us, we don't understand that sin has been the master over all of those things, not just what we did, but our attitudes and our mindsets and, and, and our insecurities, all those emotional things. Well, the good news is the Apostle Paul, he shows us how to live this way in Romans chapter 6. So if you got your Bibles with you, I invite you to go with me to Romans chapter 6. And he shows us in this passage how to start living in a way that this truth, sin is not my master, really begins to make a difference. So if you want to live different so that sin is not your master, he says there are three things you have to do. He says you have to declare you have to decide and you have to devote. The Apostle Paul says there are some things that you need to declare or there is something that you need to declare. He said there is something that we need to decide and then he's going to challenge us to step up and to devote something. So how does he tell us to apply or take these three steps? They're all found, as I said, in Romans chapter 6. Here's what he says, Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Notice what he writes. For we know, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And some of you going, what does that mean? Well, first of all, the apostle Paul says, we have confidence. He says, we know. He says, we can know that everything the apostle Paul is telling us, it is right, it is true, because Jesus rose from the dead, right? Here's the thing. If Jesus had not risen from the dead, we would all be wasting our time here this morning. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the foundation of our faith. But here's the thing that we also need to understand is that Jesus, not only was his death and resurrection the foundation of our faith, but the reality is Jesus lived this perfect life and then he died and he rose again to break the penalty and the power over sin in our lives. So here's why that is so important. Because as I said before, death always comes on the heels of sin. Don't miss that. Death always comes on the heel of sin. Whenever sin entered this world through Adam, it had sorrow, it had suffering, and it had death riding shotgun with it. So Jesus died once for all, for all of us, for all of our sins, and here's what that means for you and me, beginning in verse 11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what that means for you. This afternoon 
or tomorrow, whenever you're at work or whenever you're at school, all throughout this week, when you're tempted to do that thing that you know that you shouldn't do, but you really want to do, whenever you find yourself about ready to live out that old sin nature behavior again, about to get anger, about to find yourself in jealousy or envy or gossiping or lusting for something, when you're about to look at that porn on your phone again, or you're about to eat more than what you should or what you know you should do, or when you're about to drink and, and you know, I, I really can't handle it, pause and you need to declare, sin is not my master. I am under grace. In other words, you need to remind yourself, this is what you're doing with this declaration. You're reminding yourself that you get to choose you don't have to listen to that old sin nature anymore. It has no authority over you. Now, we said last week, the reason we still struggle with that is because we lived with those habits for so long. But you have to do something to begin to remind yourself, this is how I break these habits. So see, you gotta remind yourself, I am not in Adam's line anymore. I'm not under condemnation and guilt and shame and sin has no authority over me. I am in Christ. I am in Christ's line. Jesus has freed you from the power of sin when he died and he rose again, which gives us the freedom to not only declare, but also to decide. And you go, what do I need to decide? Because the Apostle Paul says, we need to decide something. Here's what he says next. He says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. So this is really the Apostle Paul's way of saying, you need to decide that you're not gonna live under the authority or listen to the demands of your old sin nature anymore. He says, you gotta make that decision. Like the illustration I gave you last week about the child who had been adopted into a family from a foreign country. You have a new family. You have a new authority in which to live under. Sin is no longer your authority. Jesus is now your authority. And so the apostle Paul says, he says, stop letting sin reign or control or rule in your life because it has no right to rule or control anymore because sin is not your authority anymore. Don't miss this. The apostle Paul is saying, you need to decide if you're really going to follow Jesus or not. See, here's the thing that most of us miss. We get to choose, and this is what the Apostle Paul is saying, we get to choose if we're truly going to be a follower of Jesus or not. However, what he's saying is, once you decide to follow Jesus, you don't get to decide what following Jesus looks like, sounds like, and acts like. So what you have to do is you have to declare that sin is not my master. I am under grace. And then you decide sin is not going to rule over my body anymore. You have to decide which identity you're going to choose to embrace. You are going to make choices or you're going to choose which one, either from the perspective of your old sin nature or your new nature in Jesus Christ. Which one from this day forward are you going to make decisions or choices from? In other words, what side of the argument are you going to fall on when you wrestle with sin and temptation? You have to choose because they're two very different views. That's what the apostle Paul is saying. 
In other words, what side are you going to fall on? Because you got to choose. I mean, they're very, very different. You have the sin nature, and then you have Jesus' nature. And here's the thing. If you identify with your old sin nature, which is that old mindset that I am a sinner, here's how this looks. Whenever I have that moment of I'm tempted, but I really want to do this, even though I'm tempted, like I shouldn't text her back or I shouldn't call or I shouldn't swipe that credit card again or I shouldn't click on that or I shouldn't go over there tonight or I shouldn't open another one or I shouldn't say that. Or, I shouldn't, but I really want to. I, I said I'd stop, but just one more time. Listen, whenever you're in that temptation zone, there's always good versus evil. There's always God versus sin. There's always the, both sides of the argument. And the apostle Paul is saying, you've got to decide which side you're going to identify the most with. See, here's the thing he's saying. If you side with this old sin nature as though you are in Adam's line, he says, if, if you continue to side here, Bottom line is, he said, you're going to feel condemnation, guilt, and shame. And that argument is going to sound something like this. This is how you're going to justify it. You're going to go, but nobody's perfect. I can stop after this time. After all, man, my life's been stressful and I deserve some fun. Or some of you would say something like this. Well, my dad had this issue or my mom had this issue or his dad had, even my dad's dad or mom had this issue. And, and this is just who I am. Or everybody does this. I mean, when you're, in, when you're living, making decisions based on the sin nature, it's like, this is just normal for guys. Or I'm a high school senior. Or I'm a freshman in college. I, I'm just experiencing my new freedom. Everybody does this. Or I don't want to miss out on the experience that everybody else has. See, whenever you make excuses to justify that you're deciding to stay living in your sin nature or giving your sin nature authority, let me just tell you, when you see it from that standpoint, you're gonna live as though that sin nature has power over you. You're listening to the wrong voice. You're identifying with something and someone that you're not anymore. And as long as you identify with who you used to be in Adam's line, what's going to happen is you're going to continue to behave the way you always have behaved in the past, and you're going to experience the same undesirable outcomes. Or the Apostle Paul is saying, you can look at your new identity in Christ. You are now in Christ. And you said, I have decided to follow Jesus. And as part of Jesus' family saying, whenever sin comes and tempts, saying, wait a minute. That's sin trying to control me. That's sin trying to get its hooks back in me. It's trying to get me to do that again so that it has power over me again. And if I give in, this is what the Apostle Paul is showing us this morning. If I give in and start living as though sin has more authority over me, it's going to bring more pain than pleasure. Because wherever sin is, death always follows. And some of you, the Holy Spirit is saying to you this morning, you know what? You've had enough death and pain in your marriage. You've had enough death and pain in your life. You've had enough death and, friendship, and, and, and pain in your friendships. You've had enough death and pain with your kids. 
You've created enough death and pain for your future, or you've had enough death and pain in your finances. And, you, and, and the Holy Spirit is saying, you, you need to decide. I'm not falling for this again. I am a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ. Jesus died to break the power and the penalty of sin in my life. And I am not letting sin have any control in my life anymore. The Apostle Paul says, listen, you are now under grace. So you get to declare, sin is not my master. I am now under grace. And you get to decide, sin is not going to rule over my body. You, you have a new identity. You are free. You're free to be who God created you to be. There is no reason to go back to that orphanage ever again and live under the authority of that that government that oppressed you, that sin nature that oppressed you. So let me just say, when you get to that sin temptation, how you decide to react, it really does show you if you've decided that you're really going to follow Jesus. And then the apostle Paul, he said, there's one final choice that you can make. And that is this. He says, you can choose to devote yourself to something better. Listen to what he says in verse 13. He says, do not offer any part of your body to sin. And th this idea of sin here, remember we said, this is not a verb, this is a noun, it's that thing, it's that entity, that sin nature that was not supposed to be part of your life, that was part of your life because Adam sinned and the sin nature was passed down. He says, so do not offer any part of your body to that sin nature that indwelled you as an instrument of wickedness, which is what we all had been doing in our past, but rather offer yourselves to God, which is his, now his new nature, his spirit indwelling you as those who have been brought from death to life, literally from Adam's line to Christ's line. And then he says, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. And here's what, here's what this means. Whenever temptation knocks, we get to decide whether to give into our body or not give into our body. You see, here's that whole thing is. Our sin nature, don't miss this, this is so, so important. Our sin nature cannot sin without our bodies. Our sin nature cannot sin without our bodies. Our sin nature, it cannot sin unless we give it control of our mind. Our body can't sin unless we give our sin nature control of our hands and our feet and control of our mouth and control of our eyes and control of our thinking patterns. It takes a body to sin. So the Apostle Paul, he says, you need to declare that sin is not my master. I am under grace. And then you need to decide that sin is not going to rule over my body anymore. And then you need to devote, literally, you wake up every day and you offer control of your body to God, not your old sin nature, which is what you've done in the past, what we've all done in the past. He says, no, you need to devote your body to God daily. It's I wake up every day and say, Jesus, I have decided to follow you. And what that means is, is I'm devoting my mind to you. I'm devoting my mouth to you. I'm devoting my hands to you. I'm devoting my feet to you, my eyes to you, my ears to you for doing good in this world, not evil. 
See, following Jesus means I don't get to decide what that looks like by choose, picking and choosing, oh, I want to sin and just ask God to forgive my, you know, clean up my sin bucket. No, no, no. Following Jesus means I devote my body to Jesus and I say, I'm going to devote all of my being, my mind, my thoughts. And that even, let me just say this, this is so important. And that even means those negative, destructive thoughts that you say about yourself. Those evil, wicked, wicked, sinful thoughts that you tear yourself down with. Some of you are more destructive to yourself. You say meaner things to yourself than you would ever say to anybody else. But you're saying, God, I'm going to let you have my mind. And fill my mind with whatever's pure and right and lovely and praiseworthy. That's what I'm going to think on. And everything that comes out of my mouth, I'm going to honor you. And I'm going to honor the people that you created. Even though I may not like how they're living or what they're doing. I'm going to give you my hands and my feet, my eyes and my ears for doing good in this world. So here's what you do. You declare, you decide, and you devote. You declare, sin is not my master. And then you decide. And let me just tell you, this is the decision that really determines whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. Sin is not going to rule over my body. And then you devote. You make this devotion. I have devoted my body to God for doing good. Therefore, sin, I, I'm not going to loan you my eyes again to look at that. Sin, I'm not loaning you my mouth to spew out that anger or that gossip or that unkind thing or that cynical thing. I'm not going to say those kind of cynical, mean-spirited kind of things anymore because that would mean I'm loaning my body to sin and I'm not following Jesus anymore. I'm not loaning you my feet to go there anymore. I'm not loaning you my hands to do that anymore. I'm not loaning you my mind to think that way about myself or anybody else anymore. No, I am devoting my body to God. And when we say devoting, we mean I am surrendering my body to Jesus, the one who loved me and gave himself for me. And I am going to use my body from this day forward like I'm really his child, like I'm really part of his family. Now, if you're sitting there this morning, you're going, uh, it's just not that simple. I, I don't think I can do that. You're right. You, you can't do this on your own. And God doesn't expect you to do this on your own. It's why he placed his Holy Spirit in you. When Jesus left his disciples, he says, listen, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send another comforter, another being, another of exact identical kind. He said, I'm going to send my presence to be indwelling you. And he knew that we needed that help and that strength. So if you ask him, here's what I can promise you this morning, he will help you. And then next week, we're gonna show you how to live that out in detail. It's very, very practical. And some of you are like, I could throw something at you right now, this next week thing, right? But let me just kind of give you a passage um, that I think is important for you to kind of focus on, the understanding your new identity in Christ and your power over sin for you to focus on as we prepare for next week. And it's out of Colossians chapter three, verses two, three, four. The apostle Paul wrote this. Listen to what he says. He says this. He says, set your minds. So some of you today, you're deciding, you're declaring, you're devoting. And he's saying, so here's how you do that. You set your mind on things above, which means some of you, you need to turn some media off. 
You need to turn some voices off in your world. You don't need to watch some things you've been watching. You don't need to listen to some things you've been listening. You don't need to be talking to some people who've been talking to you. He's like, because they're, they're making you very earthly, sin nature focused. He's like, no, you need to set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And here's what he says next. For you died. That old sin nature, you, you died. The old you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ and God. And what does that mean? Well, the Apostle Paul reminds us, he's saying, Here, here's what happened to Jesus. It happened to me when I chose to be part of God's family, when I chose to receive Jesus as my Savior and follow him. My old sin nature died. And Jesus paid the penalty for that. So sin is not my master anymore. And he's saying now God's spirit, that's what he means. He says, your life is now hidden with Christ and God. So God's spirit and God's nature lives in me. But this first part of verse four says, when Christ, I want everybody to say this line with me. All of our churches say this with me. When Christ, who is your life? When Christ, who is your life? I don't want you to miss this. What he's saying is, if you're trying to live out this new nature on your own strength, if you're striving somehow to be everything Jesus called you to be on your own, he says, as long as you're just trying to imitate Jesus, you're going to fail. The only person that was capable of living like Jesus was Jesus. So I need to figure out how to let Jesus' life flow through me. Because he says, you are hidden with Christ and God. God, who is your life? So this brand new life in Christ is learning to allow God's spirit to flow through you. It's learning to have a relationship with Jesus like a, bri a, a, a branch has with a vine. And that takes some time to get used to, to live that way, to think that way about the life of Jesus flowing through you. And next week, I'm gonna tell you how to live that out. But this week, what I want you to do is I want you to declare, sin is not my master. You gotta decide, because until you decide the spirit of God can't be free to flow through you, you gotta decide that sin is not gonna rule over my body, and then you've gotta devote, I have devoted my body to God for doing good. Listen, if you wanna get more information on this, we're gonna talk about that today in step two of Engage. You can join us at any of our campuses at 12 noon today. We have childcare and we have lunch provided. So you can go ahead and make that decision to be part of that conversation right this afternoon. But come back next week and we'll continue learning together how to let God's spirit flow through us so that we truly can live as sin is not my master. But for this week, you need to decide. You gotta remind yourself of your new identity in Christ. You gotta be declaring, hey, man, sin is not my master. You gotta decide, I'm going to identify as a child of God, not a slave of sin. And you gotta devote your body to saying, listen, I'm gonna be God's voice. I'm gonna be God's love. I'm gonna be God's grace. I'm gonna live God's way in this world. Decide that Jesus is gonna be the king of your life and you're gonna follow him. This means you devote your body to respond and react this week to everything that happens to you the way that Jesus would respond. This is the first step. Declare, decide, and devote. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you're gonna do in all of our lives as we, um, as we learn what it means to live in Christ and to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your incredible, amazing grace. Help us to begin to live in that grace. But most of all, I thank you that you empower us to do that through your Holy Spirit, which indwells us. 
In Jesus' name, we give you thanks for what we're learning, discovering, and what you're gonna empower us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey everyone, have a great day. We'll see you next Sunday.